Hi, this is Chris Morgan, Senior Pastor of Cornerstone Fellowship Church. We're a non-denominational full gospel church located in Matthews County, Virginia. Thank you for listening to today's message. We believe you'll be encouraged. For more information about us, visit GoCFC.com. God bless and enjoy. So tonight, I promise to talk about America and its place in Bible prophecy. You know, we actually are talking about, uh, we're doing a prayer series. And um, how many know that one of the most important things that we can do according to the Word of God is to pray for our nation and, at, and leaders. We looked at th- this last week. For time's sake tonight, we're going to fast forward and get right into where I want to go tonight. Not do any type of review. Uh, but we're going to entitle tonight's message, The Last Days. How I many you know we are living in the last days? The last days, the USA and prayer. Amen. The last day, the USA and prayer. You know, Bible prophecy. You know, a third of the Bible that we have right here is prophecy. And so Bible prophecy concerning nations largely focus on Israel and their future and God dealing with them. Because God chose Israel and the Jewish descent to bring the Messiah into the world to save it. Therefore, Israel plays a key role in both the first and second comings of the Messiah, or who we know, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is why the, why the nation of Israel is so important and therefore holds the greatest place concerning Bible prophecy. And, um, but, and what we need to understand is both comings of the Lord have to do with the redemption of mankind and their salvation. Amen. So it's very important that we have to understand in order... God's great plan of redemption focuses really around two major events. There's many other events that go along with that. But the two major events is the first and second comings because by them, God's plan of redemption can be fulfilled in the life of His people. Amen. And so we see this uh, alluded to or talked about briefly there. And we're going to turn that to Hebrews chapter 9 and look at this verse. It's an interesting verse. Matter of fact, we're going to go through some very interesting verses tonight. Some that that maybe you're not even aware of that's in the Word of God. uh, But it is nonetheless important. So... Hebrews 9.28, talking about these two comings and why they're so important, the first and second coming of Christ. Have you know He has come, and He's coming back. Amen. Amen. And it says, verse 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Now, how many know that was His first coming? That's what He came to do, to take away the sins of many. And to them that look for Him, He shall appear the second time, that would be a second coming, without sin, Unto salvation. One translation says to bring, uh, not, a, uh, not to offer himself for sin, but to bring full salvation for those that are waiting for him. 
And so the first coming, his first coming, was about him coming to put away the sin of mankind so that we could be saved. How many know his second coming has to do with what the Bible says here, to bring full salvation? What that means is the redemption of our bodies. The big deal about the second coming, and for us as the church, the rapture, because that's seven years prior to the second coming, has to do, the big deal is about us receiving full salvation. That means that the redemption of our bodies in other words we get a glorified body so God's full plan of redemption as far as is the wholeness of man how many know we are saved right now as spirits have changed but we have to do now something with our minds is called renew them and how many know we have to do something with our bodies is called present it a living sacrifice unto God and so but there's gonna come a day in the and for, for the church, the rapture, the resurrection of the dead, or and at the second coming where those that are there then will receive a glorified body. And so the, God's full plan of salvation are rendered to man in both His first and second comings. And he, we need both. So I share this so that we can see Israel's importance and place in Bible prophecy. I always say it like this. Israel is God's timepiece, and the church is God's mouthpiece in the earth today. So if we want to know what God is saying, we look to His Word and look to the church, because the church is supposed to be saying what the Word is saying. If we want to know what time we live in, we look to Israel. And so in other words, I'm going to say it again, Israel is God's timepiece and sign. Everybody say sign. Sign to the world. is the end time sign to the world. And we see this. Jesus called him, called Israel the fig tree. There in Matthew 24 and in verses 32 and 33, he said it like this. Now learn a parable. Now, if we, for, take, for time's sake, we understand that Jesus is answering the question that his disciples imposed on him concerning when would he return. In answering all that in, he, in uh, Matthew 24, he's talking to his disciples who are Jewish believers. I mean, they're, they're Jewish boys, amen, that soon to become the church, amen. However, he is talking all the things he's talking about in Hebrew... Uh, in Matthew 24 and 25 have to do with the second coming. Nothing in it is talking about the rapture. Everything in Matthew 24 and 25 has to do with the second coming of Christ. So he, he says here concerning Israel, God's timepiece, now learn a parable from the fig tree. When you see his branch is yet tender and put it forth its leaves, you know summer is nigh. And he says, so likewise, when you see all these things, all these signs that he talks about, uh, know that it is near. What is near? His second coming. His return. Jesus' return even is at the door. Well, this is why we, we understand that the rapture of the church is signless, but the second coming has many signs. And Matthew, once again, 24 and 25, all talks about signs about His second coming coming. Amen. And so as I said, Bible prophecy largely focuses on Israel as a nation 
Amen. Bible prophecy mainly focuses on that. That's where the focus or uh, concern with Israel in the end times. And this is mainly true. Everybody listen to me. This is mainly true with one, one exception. And that is revealed in Daniel chapter 2 and chapter 7. And it's very important because God reveals to Daniel in chap Daniel chapter 2 in Daniel chapter 7, he reveals to Daniel the final world empires or kingdoms that will be upon the earth. This is a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. And so what we see here, we're going to look at, There's for time's sake, it's going to be impossible to, to do everything I want to do tonight and read all the passages. So you're going to have some homework tonight. So what I would encourage you to do is read Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. Once again, I'm going to reiterate why it's so important. Because Bible prophecy mainly focuses more than anything else on, on Israel and its future. And God's plan with Israel because it has to, everything to do with this, the comings of the Messiah and redemption of mankind. That's why it focuses so much on the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Amen. And once again, the church is not Israel. It does not replace Israel. Okay? So, and, and the church is not spiritual Israel. And all the different things you may hear, that, that's not true. Two different entities, two different jobs. Uh, and we proved this last week in Scripture. Don't have time to go back to that again tonight. But what we find here is when you read uh, Daniel chapter 2 and chapter 7, that, the, that even though the Bible primarily focuses on Israel in the end time prophecies, the e exception to that is in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. And of course, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 is further revealed in the book of Revelation. We'll look at a couple passages of that as well tonight. Why is this so important? Because Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 reveal the final four kingdoms or world empires that will be upon the earth or that, that are upon the earth and then the final one that will be when Christ returns his second time. This is why this is such a big deal. I hope you get that. So what we find here, write this down, and you can turn to Daniel chapter 2. We won't put something up yet because we're going to look at a couple of things prior to that. I won't tell you what verses to go to quite yet, but turn to Daniel chapter 2 and you'll be there. But you can write this down in your note. notes. And if you write down Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 45, Daniel 2, 31 through 45, Daniel describes King Nebuchadnezzar's dream and gives him the interpretation. Dan, uh, king Nebuchadnezzar is, is the Babylonian king. He is the world empire leader of that time. He has a dream. And it so troubles him, he doesn't understand it, and he loses what his, even, what his dream was. And so... Uh, through a series of events, we see Daniel, who is a, a, a Jewish exile, amen, interprets, not only tells the king what he dreamed, and the king says, oh yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, but gives him this interpretation of the dream. Okay, so this is really important when we see this, and um, uh, what we're going to do is put up a slide that helps us to see what the scripture 
actually uh, reveals in that portion of uh, Scripture, or what it actually says. So Daniel has the dream, I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar has the dream, and Daniel interprets it, and he says, this is basically what he sees. He sees a, a, a man, or that we could say a man, uh, with a head of gold. And he sees he has chest and arms of silver, lo, uh, loins of bronze, and legs of iron, and then feet of iron and clay mixed. He tells him that, and then he tells him the interpretation of it. He begins by saying, King, you are the head of the, you are uh, the head, and you are the head of gold. So in other words, he says to him that you are the, the Babylonian empire is the first, because he starts there with world empires. Now, as far as history that you see in, in, in the Word of God, you'll probably see the Egyptian uh, was one, Assyrians were one, but starting right here from this time forward, God is telling Daniel what the final world empires will be, and it begins with King Nebuchadnezzar and, Babel, and, and Babylon. He was the head of gold. Goes on and says that there's going to be another kingdom that comes and replaces you, king, and it's going to be the Mede Persian, Medo-Persian Empire. And we can clearly see that. He, he prophesies that. He tells that. The scripture lets us know that. Uh, history proves all that this out. He's seeing this in the dream. And so he also says the lawns of bronze that you see will be the Grecian Empire. So we see uh, the, the, the Greece or, uh, you know, replace the Persian Empire. And then, here's what he saw. He saw legs of iron, and we, he talked about it being a, 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 a powerful, a terrible, a beast-like kingdom that would rule the world. And uh, it would be the Roman Empire. And the thing that he really talks about there is he really doesn't talk about it that ending, but it actually, it actually evolves into... Uh, this play, this this final uh, comparison of the feet of iron and clay, which he talks about being divided kingdoms, and we know that that is uh, the prophesied revived Roman Empire. Okay, and so uh, with that being said, when you read this, you understand the significance that God, in His great uh, foreknowledge lets us know uh, the final world empires or kingdoms before Jesus returns at His second coming to set up His millennial kingdom and thousand-year reign upon the earth. Amen. And so, once again, Babylon, the Persian, Medes of Persian, Greece, Greek or Grecian Empire, and the fourth, and then the final, the divided kingdoms or the revived Roman Empire. Now, let's, you're there in Daniel chapter 2, you're there? Let's read verses 44 and 45 and put some things together. Now, he just told him all of these, all, all these kingdoms and about this, and then he said these things. In the days of these kings, 
what kings? The divided kingdom, the fifth one. In the days of this final kingdom, which we know will be the revived Roman Empire. We'll talk more about that. You can see where we're at in, in time. Well, I mean, well, listen, we're, we're, he's at the door, church. Jesus is at the door. He said, in the days of these kings, of these final kings, in other words, of the divided kingdom, he says, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest the stone, and if you read the, the, the whole chapter, you'll see that Daniel saw a stone coming out of heaven. It was cut out of a mountain without hands. And, and it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. In other words, all the kingdoms prior. And it says, The, the great God that hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. What he's saying here is that all the prior kingdoms will come in final subjection unto Jesus Christ himself. At his second coming, he will set up a thousand-year reign millennial kingdom. And, and everything that we see here on the earth today is, is a satanic world system that does everything to oppose God and try to prevent this kingdom from coming, Jesus' kingdom from coming. But the, the dream lets us know that uh, when, the, when this final fifth kingdom is on the, uh, on the earth, God is going to send His Son the second time. And this time He's not coming to save mankind. This time He's coming uh, to bring full salvation and to set up His kingdom and put every other kingdom down. And as the book of Revelation tells us this, the day will come and it soon will be that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of of our God and His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever over them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's look at something else here in conjunction with this, Daniel chapter 7, and let's read uh, verses 23 through 25, because it once again lets us know about if we, if we would, if we would put the, if we would, uh, before we read this, if we would put back up uh, the, the illustration, if you look once again, the legs of iron is the Rome, the fourth empire, fourth world empire. You know, the Roman empire was what was active when Jesus was upon the earth. Remember in 70 AD, uh, Rome overthrew Jerusalem and destroyed it. We rem if we fast forward, we fast forward over 1900 years, 1948, Israel becomes a nation again. In other words, they come back and come back to Israel as a nation. Amen. And in 1967, Six-Day War, uh, they win back at least part of possession of Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem a big deal? Because God said, that piece of land belongs to me. It's mine. And I've got my name on it. And that's where my son is going to rule the world from. That's why there's a big fight for it. 
That's why, that's why everything in hell has come against Israel and that piece of land, and everybody else claims it's theirs, and it's not Israel, and all that kind of stuff. You, I can just tell you, uh, it belongs. God said it belongs to me. And it will forever be mine and my son, and my son will rule and reign from that place. So man can do what he wants to do, and there's a lot of disheartening things that man has done and is doing and tries to destroy everything. But God says, no matter what man does, I'm going to have the, the final say-so. And it's just it's taking God time because as we find in the Scripture that God is patient, not willing that any should perish, but long-suffering. He tells the church there in... And um, in James chapter 5, that we're to be patient because the, law, the Lord, as He said there and in Sucker Peter, He's long-suffering. He's not willing any should perish, but that until this earth can receive the early and the latter rain. What, what does that mean? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to produce a harvest. Just like natural rain would come in the spring and the fall so that Israel would have their natural harvest so they had something to eat. God said the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that early and latter rain is going to come and it's going to produce a harvest and then I'm going to come. So he said be patient until the coming of the Lord and the Lord has long suffering and great patience of humanity working it all out so that more, more and more can be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just thought you wanted to know that. So we find out that really the Roman Empire just kind of fizzled out, so to speak. No one ever replaced as a world, as a world empire, according to the scripture, there's been plenty global stuff, I mean, and, and different things. Time will uh, allow me to talk about all of those types of things. However, what he's basically saying is, in the time of the very end, there's going to come out of the fourth kingdom, going to come a fifth kingdom that was like unto the fourth. And it's going to be divided. And, and, and we call it the revived Roman Empire. I've got some other names for it that you'll see in the news. We'll talk about that in just one moment. But I want us to see here when we read in Daniel chapter 7 and verses 23 through 25, you'll get a better picture of what this means. Now, and he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. Now, what was the fourth kingdom? The Roman. The Rome. Out of Rome is going to come a revived Roman Empire, a divided kingdom. We know that out of that kingdom, the Antichrist is going to actually come and set up his Antichrist beast world system. According to Revelation uh, 13 is one passage of Scripture. There's many others. However, as we read this, we can see this is being foretold. And he said, The fourth beast shall be of the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and tread it down and break it into pieces. And the ten horns, we'll talk about that in just a moment, out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them. So during that time, there's going to be one world leader that arises out of all of that. And he shall be diverse from the first, and shall do, do three kings. And he shall speak, listen, great words against the Most High. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and he shall think to change times and laws. 
And they shall be given into his hands until a time and times and dividing of times. Now, when you read that, the average reader just reads that and says, I don't have a clue what that means. Well, he's actually talking about during this fifth kingdom, divided kingdom, there's going to be a man, the Bible calls him the man of sin. We call him, the Bible also calls him the false messiah. That's where we get antichrist from. Okay? He is going to be a world leader according to Revelation chapter 6 that during a time of great world conflict and chaos he's going to come on as a man of peace with all the answers to the world's problems. He is going to convince not only the world that he has the answer but he is going to that, that it, the, the, the nation of Israel is actually going to be so deceived, they're actually going to sign a peace covenant with him. That will mark the beginning of the seven years or Daniel's 70th week or the seven years of tribulation. I know I'm giving you a lot of information tonight. Some of you understand it. Some of it is a little bit too much. It may be over your head, but just track with me. See the big picture. I know it's, it's impossible to understand everything that I'm saying tonight to somebody the very first time. Just get the gist of it, okay? Don't try to figure everything out right now. Hear, hear me out. Go back, listen to it. Read your Bible, and it, you'll put the pieces together. Or over a period of time, you will. But what we find, this man of sin, this Antichrist, who, they, who actually is going to sign a peace covenant with Israel, and that will mark the beginning of the seven years of tribulation or Daniel's 70th week. That last week or that last seven years, God owes to Israel. It goes back to Old Testament time. And God deals with Israel and the nations that are on this earth to repent and turn to Him. He will judge the sin. He will judge the rebellion. He will come as a judge during this time. And His righteous anger will be just. So well, here's here's what we here's here's uh, what we find also concerning uh, this man of sin, uh, this evil antichrist. We're going to see that the first three and a half years, there's going to be a, a lot of evil, a lot of chaos, a lot of bad things that are going to happen. Matter of fact, in, according to uh, Revelation chapter 6, when, when one of the seals are open, you're going to have one-fourth of humanity die. Think about that. Possibility of two billion people die in, 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 a, in a quick period of time. See, we don't like to talk about those kind of things because it, 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 I, I don't want to talk about that. But the Bible is very clear. He's warning us. Why? Not to scare us, to prepare us. And so that we would be on enough fire to warn people about the coming danger. We need to be bolder than we've ever been before. Not scared, not afraid, not stick a head in the sand, but be bold. Share the love of God. Do it out of the thought that you know this and you, and, and you don't have to share this with them, but you're motivated from it to reach people for Jesus Christ. So, and when you see all the deception and all the things that are coming upon the earth, you ain't fooled by it. And you can help your families and friends not to be fooled by it as well because Jesus said the number one sign he repeated over and over again in Matthew 24. The first one he talked about and the one he said five different times. The only one he, he said first and said five different times. 
Take heed, no man deceive you. He warned five times about the coming deception. So this man, the Bible calls the beast of the book of Revelation. False Messiah, the Antichrist. It said that he, he came and deceived the whole world. That's what the scripture says in the book of Revelation. And it said the whole world goes after him. In other words, as a whole, the majority of people are going to fall for what he says, hook, line, and sinker. Do you get what I'm saying? Here's what we find. I said that. Let's put that scripture back up, verse 25, because you'll see what this is, what he's saying. Now it says, He will wear the saints of the Most High, those that are alive during the tribulation period, the, those that have, those, he's, listen, anyone that is going to follow after God, he's going to do this to the, any person that's a Jew. And, and any person that's gotten saved during the tribulation or believes in Jesus Christ, he is gonna, they're going to be persecuted unto death. That's what the Bible says. Come on. And he says, he's going to wear the saints of the Most High. And he, to think to change times and laws. My God, uh, it, we're, we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing, the, we're seeing the birth pangs of that now. He thinks to change times and laws, and they shall be given to his hand until, that shall be given into his hand until that authority to do this, until a time, everybody count one, and times two, three. Times is plural, two, three, and a dividing of a time, a half a time, three and a half years. The last three and a half years, he, the, he, here's what's going to happen at the midway point of the tribulation, according to Matthew 24, he's going to... He's going to stand in the temple, the rebuilt temple. He's going to stand and he's going to say, I am God. Worship me and demand worship. That's when the whole nation of Israel will say, warning, warning, warning. We got the wrong guy. We got the wrong guy. We got the wrong one. He's the false Messiah. From that point on, that point on, without the... Without the, his mark, you'll not be able to buy, sell, trade. And without the mark, you'll, you'll be martyred. That last three and a half years. See, notice it says, into his hand, this great power, the last three and a half, it's going to be hell on earth the first three and a half years. But the last three and a half years is called the great tribulation. Not just the tribulation, but the great tribulation. For the last three and a half years. You see that? Okay, well, I'm going to get to good news before we end. The final world empire would come from this final world empire, the revival empire would come from the fourth kingdom, which is the, we call the revival empire. You've heard this. How about the, the EU or the European uh, super state? Anybody ever heard the, the European Union? The conglomeration of, uh, uh, of ten nations? European super state. Today's terms you may recognize from today's news that describe this coming final kingdom as a new world order or a one world government. It's all words that describe the Antichrist kingdom that's revealed in Revelation chapter 13. That shows just how close we are to His second coming. It's a, it's a global Beast system of world governance. That's why there's such a push right now for the new world order, a one world government, all those kind of things. We can stick ahead in the sand and say, ah, oh, that don't bother that. I can just tell you, it's going to affect the whole world. 
The good, listen, the good news is, is this. Before any of this happens, the rapture occurs. And I realize that's why a lot of Christians just don't even look at any of that because they just say, uh, they just say well, we're not going to be here for that. That's good that we're not. But what about all the people we need to warn and get them in the kingdom and, 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 and know, listen, if it, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have told us. If it wasn't important, God wouldn't have told us. So we should know about it. Matter of fact, the book of, the Re- book of Revelation is the only book with the promise that by reading it, you'll be blessed. Woo, glory. Daniel 2, 44. Turn back there. Notice we read this before. And in the days of these kings. What kings? I'm going to show you in the book of Revelation. In the days of these kings shall God, the God of heaven, set up his kingdom. That shall never be destroyed, and that kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break to pieces to consume all these kingdoms that were prior, and it shall stand forever. Now notice it says in the days of these kings. Let's talk about that for one moment. Turn to the book of Revelation in chapter 16. Turn there with me if you would. Revelation 16. Say, I love you, Pastor. Praise God. Revelation 16. I trust I haven't confused you. Revelation 16, you know, I'm doing tonight in, in, in probably 50 minutes what I should do in about, about three hours so, or longer. So here, here in Revelation, in, in, in we read in Daniel 2, in the days of these kings. What kings? Well, we, we see in Revelation 16 and verses 13 and 14, here's what it says. It says... And I saw three unclean spirits. Now, when you read this, this reminds me so much of the, the, the vision that Brother Hagin saw. It's not the same vision, but it released evil spirits. What he saw was evil spirits affecting the United States of America. This is going to affect the whole world. He says, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan. And out of the mouth of the beast, who's the beast? The false, who is the beast? The Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. That's the sucker beast, so he's the false prophet. He is the religious leader of the world that is going to have do signs and wonders and point everybody back to the, the, the Antichrist. For they are spirits of what? Devils. Not gods. Devils. Working miracles which go forth unto who? The kings of the earth and, to the, and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. That's called the battle of Armageddon. Notice the evil spirits did what? They went and controlled kings. I think it's pretty easy to see that, uh, that most that are in positions of authority as world leaders are being dominated by devils. Pretty, pretty, pretty easy to see. I don't know, Pastor Chris. I, I mean, I can agree that Hitler was. Yeah, Hitler sure was. But I can tell you, when you see what the kings of the earth are doing today again. Okay. Yeah, it is worse. And, and, okay, so let's look at Revelation chapter 17. We'll see this again, echoed again in verse 12 through 14. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings. So they're not only individuals, but they're nations. Remember ten before? Ten nations, ten kings, ten individuals. 
which thou saw. They're not just individual, but they, they are individuals, but also ne- represent nations. He says, which receive no kingdom as yet, but receive the powers, kings, for one hour with the beast. And have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And they shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb, or Jesus, shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him, they that are with Him called, called the, are called chosen and faithful. Hey, hey, look at me. Hey, chosen and faithful. Hey, chosen and faithful. We're coming back with Him. You might never rode a horse before, and I don't know whether we will or not, but He said we're coming back on, or He's coming back on a white horse. I'm just taking word for it. We're going to get a crash course. Now let's look at one other. Revelation 19 talks about this same thing, verses 19 through 20. There's many other verses we could go, time's sake, we're cutting it and condensing it. Revelation 19, 19 through 21. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped the image. These both were cast or thrown alive into the lake of burning uh, with fire and burning with brimstone. Lake of fire, lake of fire is where he's headed. And the remnant were slain with the... With the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So here's the big question. Where is America? No, everybody's waiting for this one. Well, the first thing you need to know is America isn't directly mentioned in Bible prophecy. So let me offer some suggestions, that this is my suggestions. But Merca's not mentioned directly in the Scripture. So let me offer some suggestions that I believe are biblically based, but we'll see. In other words, we'll see from heaven. But I think that you'll be able to connect the dots to what I'm saying. So let me offer suggestions why the United States of America is, isn't mentioned as a final world power. Number one, because it either won't be or it could be one of the kings that gives its power over, it becomes one of the kings that gives its power over to the Antichrist, uh, uh, the, the Antichrist kingdom. You want me to say that again? It either won't be a world power or... It could be one of the kings. It could be one of the kings, one of the kings that gives its power over to uh, the Antichrist during the tribulation. Did you know why this could be so real? Because did you know, you may not know this, but I'm letting you know, that one of the stated goals, go on the, you can just go on the, this is very clear. One of the stated goals of the UN, United Nations, New World Order, one of the stated goals of the United Nations, New World Order, and the World Economic Forum's Agenda 2030 is to reduce. They're one of their first stated goals is to reduce the USA from being a superpower. Oh, and we, apl- we, oh, we should applaud everything they do. We should just follow them blindly like a... 
Nope. The U.S., here's, here's, here's why they got to go after the U.S. Because the U, United States of America is the last beacon of freedom. And it's the last piece in the puzzle from preventing their new world order in the United States of America as it is today. In freedom and liberty and, and the things that we do have currently, still do have has to be removed in order for the new world order to come. Did you know, unfortunately, today, the highest leaders of our land in all of the Biden regime, I'd say it, whoever it was, I'm just going to say, I'm not just saying it because Mr. Biden, our president, but all of the Biden regime has already, has already, already say they Therefore, this new world order. And they, they, and they will do, listen, it's, they're doing everything they can to get it so that our power is given over to a world governance system, which one day, very soon, will become the Antichrist kingdom. Right now, it's not. But one day, it will be. This world governance, the Antichrist kingdom, is going to come out of that world governance. So why is there a big push for the new world order, the world governance? Because, because this is where the Antichrist kingdom is going to come out of. And unfortunately, our United States of America leaders are already saying at the highest level, they are pushing for a new world order. I can show you, I can show you president after president, including that current one, Pushing for it, saying this is matter of fact, saying that our the graduates of the of the military will be part of the key uh, of the uh, of the new world order. That's not gossip. That's the truth. Over and over again, wake up. This is why we talk about it during prayer, so we can pray. I surmise once again. This is my surmise. That America, that once the rapture occurs, America will fall or sign over its power to the new world order. I'm going to say it again. I surmise, this is my surmise, that, that once the rapture, in other words, once the rapture occurs, America will fall. There's no doubt about it. It will be. And, or will just sign its power over to the new world order. Either way, it falls. It will not remain what it is today. And according to the scripture, it is not a final world power. And see, this is why we got to understand that I said the rapture, once the rapture occurs, all hell on earth is going to break loose. You're talking about worldwide tyranny? Because the church through the Holy Spirit is the restraining force of both the evil in the earth today, holding it back, and the Antichrist cannot come until the church is taken off the earth, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Paul's New Testament teaching. Yes, sir. This is why we see the push for this. But remember, what we're talking about tonight, the major theme is after the rapture. These events happen after the rapture, but today, we're seeing signs that hopefully help us to connect the dots to see how close we actually are to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, have you thought about, just stopped and thought about how much has happened in this earth in the last three years that you and I never thought we'd ever see? 
We automatically thought it would happen during the, I, I did, it happened during the, during the tribulation. Well, we saw it during the lockdowns and all the crazy stuff and the, all the stuff that's happened, that the restrictions and you can't do this and the government control and, and, take, and, and totally, uh, totally say that our Constitution and Bill of Rights are no good. Even our own leaders stand up and say they don't count for nothing. And once you take your first and second amendment and rights away, then they'll be just like Nazi Germany when they took all their guns away. And, and the only thing that's holding it back is the power of the church through the Holy Spirit. And, and China and, 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 and other nations know right now that we all got guns. Oh, Pastor Chris, I can't believe you said that. Oh. It's called a right. It's called a right. What, what is the word? What? So let's talk about what now what our assignment remains in the last seven minutes. And you won't want to miss next week. Because I'm going to tell you, we're going to pray, we're going, we're, going, we're going to pray a house of fire next week. We're going to talk really briefly. We're going to come here. You need to be here at 7 o'clock next week because it ain't going to be... You think the, the order service is, is different on Wednesday night? It'll be different next week too, but different than what you're used to. So be here at 7 o'clock because 7 o'clock we're going to start. And I'm going to share briefly from the Word of God. Some things about prayer and why we must pray why and how we can pray and why we must pray for this nation again. And what the difference we make as the body of Christ through prayer. Hallelujah. And then through prayer and worship, God, we're going to release God's power. You won't miss it. So now, so now our assignment remains. What's our assignment? To win and disciple. Come on, Brother Ryan. What's our assignment? To win and disciple people to Christ. The evangelization and the discipleship of all nations has not stopped, and that is God's call for us. That's what remains. This is what I say. In the midst of all hell, I don't care if they call for a lockdown. I don't care if they tell you that I'm going to kill you. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm coming to church. I'm going to share Jesus Christ. Now, Simon remains to win a disciple. Why? To get the harvest of souls in the kingdom. And our assignment is to pray. Because, listen, I'm getting ready to say, and we're going to pray. Prayer must proceed and accompany this final move of God. Bringing in God's power and will to the earth. I'll say it again. Prayer must proceed and accompany this move of God. Bringing God's power and will to the earth. God goes where our faith puts Him. And one way, and one of the greatest ways we release our faith is not only just through our words, our confession, but through our prayer. Mark 11, 23 and 24. So Father, tonight, we love You. We praise You. Lord, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can move around. You can make an altar at your seat. You can come to the altar. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust that it helped you. 
You can visit our website at GoCFC.com to listen to other life-giving messages, read the pastor's blog, or to find out how you can be a part of an upcoming service. We hope to hear from you or see you soon. God bless and have a wonderful day.